Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Knollcast. As always, we'll thank our friends, Louisiana Hot Sauce, three simple ingredients, one fantastic product. Thought I had my bottle here. That's okay. Product placement, we'll just point to Bud's hat, Tarpon Cellars, uh, an exceptional wine company, people that we're fond of uh, bragging about and fortunate enough to have worked with for, uh, gosh, five or six years, seven years. I don't know how long. It's been a long time. Noelcast is the coupon code at their website, tarponcellars.com. Fond of saying with all of our sponsorships, but we don't just talk about these guys. Drink them personally at my wedding. I think we had every offering that Tarpon uh, has produced recently. It's great company, great wine. Noelcast, 20% off at tarponcellars.com. But it's been a while since... Uh, since we last been able to talk, had a fun kind of conference realignment uh, discussion two weeks ago, maybe 10 days ago. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, would encourage you uh, to go back and listen if that is a subject matter that you find interesting or the economics of college sport, whatever. Uh, but yeah, man, I know you've been busy. I've uh, been doing a lot as well. Uh, don't quite have some of the inside info that I thought I might have as some of the practice visits uh, and stuff like that. Is, um, I don't get to watch practice as much as I'd like to. <laughs> When I go down there, it just seems like something pops up and I'm like, oh boy, practice. Uh, uh, anyway, that's just me complaining and using my podcast as a as a one-person soapbox. So I apologize for that, but a fun conversation in front of you, a lot of, for us to catch up on and uh, encourage to do another morning cast with you, sir. How you doing, man? Doing well, man. Uh, has been a little bit, just, I've been traveling a lot for work and then, uh, Kids got spring break, so I got to go down to Fort Myers and see my folks there. And I'm back on the road uh, this weekend uh, as well, going down to UC Report uh, in Miami. UC Report is the the company that operates the Under Armour camps and like a lot of the schools. I think almost all the Power Five schools uh, subscribe to those guys. So you know, be good to go get down there and see some of the South Florida guys. Um, went to IMG Pro Day. Thought that was uh, that was you know pretty solid. They got some interesting young guys on that roster, and, and they'll have some more dudes come in there. FSU wise, not a ton of of interest uh, up your way. The Ellis Robinson kid who's committed to Georgia, the the corner, he's he's a stud. He he checks all all the uh, all the boxes, if you will, uh, and then headed on over to Under Armour. Um, a lot of FSU adjacent relevant players there so i guess i'll just kind of start with a rundown if you want to of that list kind of be a recruiting heavy show but also some practice chatter and, and just things we're hearing uh, and things to be looking out for uh deontre robinson big time uh deep, or big defensive tackle adam jones used to be at edgewater i, I thought he moved around okay uh, he's a, a, a wide body interesting player i think 24 7 sports has him as a Kind of a high three star. Some other websites in the industry have him as like a a very high four star. Uh, I, I I think he's a a solid player and somebody FSU will continue to recruit and monitor. Um, you know, and we'll just uh, we'll we'll kind of see what takes place there. He uh, he certainly has trimmed down though a little bit, which to me is an encouraging sign. I, at, at times when I had seen him, I was like, ah, he might be a little heavy relative to the age. So. Uh, that was interesting there. Uh, saw Jordan Pride, Florida State safety commit. Uh, he was at IMG, went back to Bluntstown. Um, some interesting notes here. Uh, IMG, I have a guy that's you know, worked there a long time. They said they love the kid. Yeah. Said he worked hard, showed up, good attitude. And normally, if you look at the track record of guys who leave IMG, typically that means they either got kicked out or they couldn't handle the workload. And I, I was told that was not the case with Pride, but the the track record of these guys who leave IMG, if it's not of their own volition, uh, is is bad, right? A, a Jai Hall, uh, you had the big the big tackle out of Orlando, you get guys it, it because it is sort of a Malik Henry, yes, right, exactly, like guys who can't handle the structure of the sort of it's not like a full college structure, but it's pretty close. Mm -hmm. they, yeah. they they have they have lift, they have classes, they're living in dorms. Um, that's not necessarily a good sign, but I, so I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's pride another one of those guys. He's like, no, I, I don't think so. I did get to talk to Jordan uh, in Orlando. And, you know, he you know, was like, so, you know, what, what's going on, you know, with the knee? And he's like, oh, you know, I had, had the ACL tear and uh, I, I should uh, be back 
for fall. So that's good to hear. And I, I think that's something I, I know FSU will probably be really interested to see how he looks. Obviously not able to work out uh, at Orlando Under Armour. Uh, then I saw offensive line target Jonathan Daniels. Uh, it's a guy who uh, I think is a really intriguing prospect at, at a Pensacola Pine Forest. I mean, the dude is is uh, is long. I mean, he, he had the longest wingspan there of any any offensive lineman, really any player, I believe, at the Orlando camp. And it's it's interesting. So he's it's it's kind of a fun, but also a tough eval. So he's like six two and three quarters or seven eighths or whatever, but like not I, I know some places he's listed six five or six four. I, I know what that looks like. I watched the kid get measured in. It, at, if you want to call him 6'3", fine. His arms are much longer. They are they are like the length of somebody who's like 6'5", or 6'6". Or six, six. The, the wing is impressive. There's really no bad weight on him. I mean, he's he's not skinny, but he's, he's trim. Um, he, I believe, is a little older than grade level, which is interesting for a projection standpoint. And I thought he moved around fairly well. Uh, during drills, the, at least the drills that he he seemed like like he knew how to do. I, I talked to him beforehand. Um, obviously, he, he likes FSU and Alex Atkins quite a bit, um, and had a had some struggles during the one on one portion of the camp, which I'm not even really sure he's done those much before. At least I, I haven't seen camp footage of him. I think the question here is, can you play him at tackle? And I. I think the answer is yes, because of the length. Also, because the offensive line crop in the state of Florida this year, it, so far, is hot garbage. I mean, it's just, it's one of the worst that I can remember. So, to me, that's uh, that's going to move him up your board from a recruiting standpoint, because there are not other options within the state that are easily attainable, Right. And I know Ingram has to check out, but we talked about this in the pre-show meeting. So I'm really just talking to the audience right now. I think he's your best tackle option in the state that you can actually go and get at this point. Now, we'll talk a little later in the show, and I think this, this bears it out. You are having to cast a wide net for offensive tackles this year. The, the, the offensive tackles in the state and the offensive tackles really in your adjacent states are not guys that that really can play for you. So Daniels is probably the only kid in the state so far who I think actually has a, a, a prayer to play offensive tackle at the level that Florida State is trying to build to. So you're going to have to go out of state and and fight some really big recruiting battles. And that, that you know, honestly, you're uh, you're pretty happy to have Alex Atkins on staff doing your recruiting there. As and we'll talk a little bit how they brought in some priority targets. But you know, I I see it with Daniels. For sure. Um, and I understand because of the scarcity of the position in the state and your adjacent states, why he would be so high on your board. Yeah. Uh, I don't see the five star type thing there yet. Yeah, it's it's interesting scattering of rankings, uh, certainly. And thanks for carrying the podcast for a second while an alarm went off somewhere in the house. Uh, hopefully too many of our podcast listeners didn't hear that. If so, <laughs> I didn't I catch it all, dude. So good. OK. Uh, all right. I just sat here, I heard it, and then I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're going to pick that up or not, but I don't want like the 39 tweets being like, hey, I heard an alarm from minute five on, uh, so that don't ever do that again. That's um, why we invest in the mics, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. um, yeah, yeah. Microphone use. No no more impressive use of a microphone ever than the bar after the New Orleans game. That seriously <laughs> is one of the most incredible technological advances I've seen because I didn't think anybody would be able to hear anything we were saying and the microphone basically faded out all of the background. And that's the kind of the obscure reference that I'm making there. Um, is Atkins, how long do you have to go back to find somebody on staff that, that, that is that dynamic of a recruiter? Now, obviously Odell has had, you know, moments in his career where he's been one of the better defensive line recruiters in the country, but um Maybe Jimbo's first staff where you had, you know, grand. Yeah, I was thinking like the Eddie, Eddie Coley combo was, yeah. was pretty good early on in, in South Florida. Um, particularly like, like, you know, Dade County area. Um, mm -hmm. That was obviously Jimbo 
probably 2008 to 2012 when, when his, when his head was really in the game from a recruiting standpoint, I, I think that would be qualify. Yeah. Jimbo's always been a, a very dynamic recruiter uh, when he gets personally involved. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you do have to go back to the first, you know, that first window of time to find somebody that's been this good of a recruiter. Um, and Lord knows if you're a Florida state fan, it couldn't come of a better position group. Uh, and it's just remarkable overall. This is not the conversation that we're having, but I, I'll be, be fascinated to see what the roster looks like, man. You've got, you know, you've got to, and this is, this is not inside information. In fact, it's, publicly available outside information. I mean, you've got numbers on this roster that are, you know, greater than that of what you can operate with. And I'll be fascinated to see how that plays out. And whether you go to practice or whether you watch it on YouTube, you don't have to see a whole lot of that offensive line group to realize, my God, there's like 14 kids here who are decent football players. Um, So yeah, uh, Atkins has done a a remarkable, remarkable job and uh, very interesting to see how that, plays out in this year's recruiting class so back to the subject matter of recruiting well no no i want to stay on that for a second so you're transitioning at a lot of these positions from can't play to won't play Mm, if you watch if you you watch practice it used to be all right these guys can't play Mm -hmm. remember the discussion we had preseason for 2018 when we were like all right if they stay healthy healthy up here on the offensive line they could be okay and then what's his name gets hurt at the end of camp there. And like, mm-hmm. oh, they're just screwed. I mean, I I, I had guys sending you know sending me clips of, of, of practice. We're like, all right, I mean, mm-hmm. can't play. Yeah. You know, and now now you got guys who I'm not saying would be good players for you, but like if you had to put them in the game, they wouldn't get you killed. And they it's not they can't play, but they won't play. Because yep. they're blocked by better players. Oh, there's so. going to be kids that leave this team that I think um, I think you're probably a year ahead of where you thought you'd be as far as that level of player not being able to see a path that even from the player's perspective, which is almost always eternally optimistic, and it it has to be kind of by definition, uh, leave the program. So that, that will be very, very interesting. And, and again, this is not uh, – my subject matter, I'm I'm on the whole other end of the equation, so I'm not. And again, this is not inside info; it's outside info. You can look at the the numbers that Florida State's carrying and know the scholarship number that you got to get to. Uh, it it will be very interesting to see, and I think uh, surprising as to some of the players that just decide that you know their their college football career is probably uh, probably better pursued somewhere else, uh, and the level of player may be surprising to some people. I mean, if you're if you're a third year guy fighting to be second string not third string mm. and you're a decent player yeah it, it it's probably a better career move to hit the road right and just math wise they're gonna have to get it down because they've done a nice job filling out this roster sort of in the like the the weak link system that is football right like you need to make sure the bottom of your roster is is good as well uh, and I, I feel like their depth at, at a lot of spots is is pretty damn good now staying on the offensive line topic i do want to talk about jason jason sandamella at a cai it's clearwater academy international um, they get a lot of kids from overseas or from canada to come down there and do a pretty nice job this is where lucas simmons came from I was to say his teammate is very tied to the conversation that we were just having 30 seconds ago uh, yeah can we yeah. talk about how they think he's a hit already like Dude, that, he's, that he's, that's the info i got like they think they nailed it they nailed it they nailed it and um <laughs> yeah they nailed it and i don't it's it's rare that you get a chance to land a offensive tackle at the high school rank of that quality. Uh, where where the particularly from where the program was recruiting from. Uh, I, I gonna, I'm not saying you that he's Orlando Pace or something like that, y'all. Please don't get uh, ahead of yourselves. I don't think he's going to start this year or something like that. But man, you got a piece to work with on the outside that you haven't had. Uh, 20 years. I mean, uh, you're talking about the end, you know, the end of the stream of when Bowden could still get super elite prospects. That's, that's probably, yeah. Trey Thomas type type of player. Um, Again, not saying he's going to be drafted uh, 13th overall, wherever Trey went, but I mean, he's just got the potential to definitely Uh, got that one. Right. If if we're placing our futures bets here, I I think he's a three-year player, not a four-year player. 
He's a yeah, first round pick. But... If you're Derek Ray doing your roster planning, you're you're not really planning on having him in 2026. Right? Oh no, I mean <laughs> I I you know it's March 15th. I'll be shocked if that kid's not a, a first round pick. I will. That, that, I mean, uh, well, I, I think that's we'll mark the tape I, I and come back legit. to it. But it's uh, it's very impressive. It is so marked. Uh, so Jason Zandamella is a, uh, a interior offensive line prospect, center guy. Uh, body control is really nice. Moves around well. Uh, smart kid. It, if you talk to him, just seems to have some maturity about him. Uh, looks like he's a, a well coached guy. Understands how you know how to keep his body in front of players, which I mean, duh. This is blocking that's an important skill to have an offensive lineman history shows uh, but like he has some decent length i florida state is the, is the team that I, I would heavily favor to land his commitment at this point i think he has a great relationship with alex atkins um now i think it's an interesting conversation because we have nfl free agency season going on right now and i look at at what you've done with the roster and what other teams have done with the roster and, and I think it's kind of worth asking, I mean, there's like no good NFL offensive tackles in free agency. There's plenty of guards and centers. I think the same logic kind of applies to the transfer portal. There's very few good tackles there. You can go get a nice, quote-unquote, tackle from the group of five level and play them at guard and play them well, you know, or maybe adequately at tackle. Should you be recruiting interior offensive linemen? Or should you be using your, your high school sort of roulette chips or lottery tickets exclusively on tackles? I, I think it's an interesting kind of game theory about how to allocate resources here, man, because I want to use high school like I use the NFL draft, which is to get positions that won't hit free agency, a.k.a. the portal. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, man. Um, I I don't know that you go hard and fast, but I do think you cut your numbers back significantly, uh, in my opinion. Just what I would do. Um, okay, interior lineman, safety. Safety. To an extent, linebacker. I mean, yeah. look, if you can go get a special high school linebacker, then great, because there's not many of them, particularly in today's game. Uh, you know, the, the guy that, the six foot three, two hundred and thirty eight pound linebacker, just for the most part, uh, until if you can get Drew Sanders, right? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you can go get something absurdly special, um, yeah. And it's it's also interesting, Bud, because you uh, and I'm not, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to go into details here, but from the NIL perspective, you hear what other schools think and how other schools go about doing it, uh. It's my belief that one of the three most prominent football player football programs in the country doesn't particularly deploy NIL towards the wide receiver position, which is curious because this is not as congruent with the NFL expert or the NFL reference that we're kind of using with the two other positions. So I do think it, it differs by staff. Obviously, it differs by staff. There's no you know blanket uh, uh, requirement or, or enforcement or anything else here. Um but yeah, if we're doing the null cast in 2026 and we're talking about recruiting, I'll be very interested to see how the transfer portal has, you know, made its way through the system and what the long-term impacts are as far as high school kids getting offers and the positions. And I think you've got to be like Rodney Hudson type special if you're an interior offensive lineman and think you're going to get like a, a real scholarship offer. Oh. It's interesting you mentioned Rodney, too, uh, because he announced his retirement. And Hudson was a guard for FSU, but he ended up playing a decent bit of center. Ended up signing the most lucrative center contract of all time at the time. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I saw some chatter on Twitter. He may end up being, like, a Hall of Famer. So we'll see. That'd be pretty cool if if possible. I mean, he, he graded uh, out highly for a long time. Um, so... <laughs> Good for Rodney, man. That's all. Yeah, kid man. from Mobile. I just, I just, I just had a little mind just played a little, you know, movie for me in my head uh, of that kid. That's awesome. That's that is remarkable. Pretty inspiring story, right? I mean, he, he. Uh, I don't want to get the details wrong here, but if I recall, I mean, this is what fifteen years ago, maybe sixteen years ago. Was his family home destroyed by Katrina? And 
the Hurricane Katrina, and then he had to end up um, like he was having to work a job, like really to support his family, not not to have like running around money, but you yeah, know, like they they were they were you know, struggling for a while. Um, Remember that and, loosely being the the story. Uh, you made Rick Trickett cry like a little like a made him cry. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. Not not like from pain, but by how much he he loved the kid. Um, yeah, Rodney Hudson, uh, always a. Always a subject matter that we'll find a couple minutes to discuss, if appropriate, on the Nolcast. So I, I think maybe you can argue that the exception to the uh, recruit guards, like I don't know if you want to be zero guard, but I think maybe the exception to the do I want to recruit an offensive lineman whose ceiling is guard, not tackle? Mm-hmm. No. The exception to that might be if I know he can snap and move yeah and and maybe be a guy who who could be a starter in year two if we need i i think zandamela from that standpoint has that potential right like we he's not a theoretical snapper he's somebody who we know can snap and i I think that is probably something they value Uh, i would be very surprised if fsu lands zandamela or excuse me i would not be surprised if they land zandamela if they land Zendamella, I would be very surprised if they actually take another offensive lineman who projects as a guard at the high school or excuse me, at the college level. Mm-hmm. Like Daniels, I think, is an NFL guard. Like if you were like, hey, what's he going to get drafted as? Which is sort of the lens that we look at stuff through. I, I don't think I don't think a guy can play tackle in the NFL. You know, he's probably more like fills out, plays guard, but I think he could play tackle in college. Mm-hmm. I don't think FSU is recruiting anybody else whose ceiling is interior offensive line once they land Zendamela, um, personally. And I, I think that's probably the right call, honestly. I mean, think about how many good guards are out there in the portal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. F- FSU just landed, what, three? Like, I mean, Keandre Jones still needs to lose weight, but... Impressive. I, we, I think I mentioned that on the podcast. Got immediate, uh, immediate positive response to that kid. Um, Dude, seeing the kid from Colorado in person is something else. Oh, Rod, uh, yeah, yeah. He, I don't think we've had an interior lineman look like that uh, in a while. Um, and look, the school Jones came from Auburn just landed three really nice guard prospects as well to to kind of beef up their line. Like guards in the portal are plentiful. Yeah, Tackles guards are not. Yeah, you you can find guard and safeties uh, in the portal as needed. Uh, that that those two are not debated. I think. Uh, center and linebacker, maybe that second level, uh, as you kind of work your way down from the positions impacted by portal availability. What's really not easy to find in the portal is like top end corners, right? I mean, Travis Hunter's in there, but I think he's going to play more receiver at Colorado than, than DB. Well, I mean, you probably still play both. I mean, he's a special guy. Denver Harris. Is Travis in Hunter's there. just an outlier to the whole experience. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, yes. So, um, I mean, Denver Harris, the, the the kid from Texas A&M who, like, actually played a lot as a true freshman in the SEC and played really well and mm-hmm. was a five-star. Like, if that guy can drive a little better in parking garages, uh, you know, he's going to be, a, like, a first-round type pick. Also not your traditional portal availability. Uh, Correct. On, on him. No. But, yeah. And, you know, Fentrell, obviously, I, I think looks like a hit so far. Somebody I know that the staff is really excited about. It's not easy to just because the Knowles landed a top end corner in the portal does not mean that you should assume or bank on there being these top end corners in the portal every year, right? Like it doesn't always work out like that. I do think you can get some corners in the portal and play them at safety. Just like I think you can transition the corners who don't work out to safety once they're in college, you know? I don't know if you need to recruit zero safeties, but either it needs to be really special or it needs to be like, all right, this guy's probably a safety, but the frame suggests he's going to grow into a backer. Yeah. You know, which is where a lot of your best linebackers come from anyway. When you look at the draft, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, he was he was a safety in high school, you know, because they, they let him play play center field and he still came down and stopped the run. All right. Um, Kai Bates, I think it's going to be a name to know. Of the group that visited from Orlando, uh, DeAndre, um, now I forgot the other kid's name, 
and Kai. I, I think Kai is the best prospect of them, even though he's currently the lowest rated. Uh, 24-7 Sports does have a rankings update coming out in about a week, so I know we'll be excited to discuss that whenever it comes out. Uh, Kai Bates is a dude that I saw first uh, locally here, and then I saw him again at Battle 7-on-7. Seven seven. He plays at Edgewater. Uh, he, I was trying to shoot a TikTok of this receiver from Texas who 24-7 Sports has as the number one rated receiver in the country for 2025. And I was like, wait, who is this dude locking, kind of locking him down? Uh, and it was Kai Bates. And he's listed as a receiver in a lot of places. I think there is some Xavier Rhodes stuff going on here where it's like, yeah, dude, your future is at corner. If mm-hmm. uh, FSU offered him, so did like Alabama, Ohio State, USC. And, and all those, and uh, he uh, he had some really good things to say about about Pat Sertan. Um, I think like recruiting for Sertan, just from the feedback I've been getting, has been a bit of like a a learning process. But I don't think that's surprising. Like that to me is expected. The guy's never had to recruit at the college level. I don't think there's anything that suggests he can't do it. But I think he's learning on the job a little bit with that. But he brings a lot of good things. Like. He was a superstar in the NFL. He was a really good player in college. He has a son that went through the process and is now an NFL star. I think he, you know, obviously coaching at the high school level can relate to kids. Um, so anyway, B- Bates uh, Bates enjoyed watching film with him and uh, also continues to post FSU-related stuff on his Instagram account. So that's a name I think you'll hear more throughout the process. Um I think like Lawrence Toafili 2.0 is um, is, is the Danzy kid. He had a lot of nice catches for us at the camp. I mean, camp wasn't super loaded, but anyway, uh, a name to keep in mind there. Camden Fryer, receiver commit, continue continues to be really uh, a really nice player for FSU. I mean, he's not the biggest guy. I do think he has some legitimate speed, and his releases and routes are are really nice. I think he's going to be a very productive player. For, for the Knowles, you know, and I mean, he's probably the, probably the prospect about whom I have the the most certainty as far as hitting in your class, other than Cam Davis. Right? Yeah. Like I have a very hard time. Name I was going to go to immediately. Yeah. Um. All right. Last name from Under Armour. And then we're, we're going to probably have to move a little faster because I, I didn't know we'd do 25 minutes on Under Armour, but I hope it's been an enjoyable talk for people. I, I get a lot of value out of these things. Uh, Sean uh, Siviano, Jr. Interesting kid. Um, not real tall, pretty wide, moves better than you would think he would. FSU has not offered. He is only 16 years old, though. So he's another kid at CAI. Uh, he's a, So it's a full year younger than grade level. He claims an Ohio State offer. I don't know if that's like a committable offer, but just a name to keep in mind if you're a real recruitnik out there that I could see FSU being involved with. I, I thought he was better on the day than DeAndre Robinson was, personally. And that's not trying to knock DeAndre, who I know people think is a top FSU target. Uh, but Seviano, for you know, being as young as he is, uh, controls that wide body pretty well. So that's uh, that's solid. Uh, speaking of something else that's solid, 844 FSU loan is a really solid number to call. That gets you hooked up with the legendary team. Chad and Shannon have done a tremendous job for us. Two, you know, two loans, obviously, for me personally with them. It's the best rate you can get, knowledge of the industry, customer service, and you're supporting a, a no loan business. So, I mean, guys, what do we have? 400, I think. Are, are, are we? Uh, we're very we close to five? five. If we're not at five, we're very close to it. I'll have to go. Back I don't want to look. claim five and then that, you, you know, five's a big number. Definitely. We'll go and look and, uh, no, man, those guys are the best and also, um, have, uh, pledged uh, $250 of every loan closed. We'll go to the battle's end and, uh, Florida state NIL activity. So way to step uh, up. Chad. Yeah. Chad and Shannon are just great dudes. And, uh, bro, you just not, this is not your traditional podcast sponsorship i'll put it this way both in results delivered and and relationships created so uh great people uh, hear nothing but exceptional things about them uh buds work with them twice i'm working with uh with shannon loosely on a project in virginia right now uh great people so highest of uh highest of recommendations 
no doubt about it. All right, so let's run through a couple guys we haven't mentioned so far who got on campus over the last uh, two weeks. Kermit Hoke, obviously the, the, the QB, uh, Cam Davis, we, we already mentioned. I think Kermit Hoke is just like to the moon as far as talent-wise. He, he's, he's, a, he's a very talented guy. Still yeah. needs some polish, but he, he's improving rapidly. Um, some industry chatter out there that you might see some wild rankings next to his name uh, at some point in time. We'll see if that comes to fruition or not. It's not really particularly of importance uh, at this point. I mean, you developed a relationship with a kid over two years, and I, I don't know that that's going to change a whole lot, but wouldn't be shocked uh, to see that happen in the next month or two. I'll just put it out there. Totally. Um, Cam Davis, obviously getting back to campus again is, is big. I mean, look, I just think he's a really good product. It, it, the, the balance, the body control, the lean he runs with, how strong he is. He has the nice acceleration. Top end speed is solid. I, I like the baseball component of him as well. Um, at, unless, you know, he goes pro or, and, and plays baseball or something like that, but then, then I hate it. But, uh, I, I do like multi-sport guys. I mean, I think he's a really, really nice running back prospect and, and one of the best running backs in the country. Just special guy. Would be, as somebody that's a historical recruiting uh, fanatic, would be quite the statement to sign a kid out of Albany who's this high of a profile kid who, again, you've been on him for a while, et cetera, and George is not going to lose sleep over, you know, missing on a on a prospect at this point with the machine that they have rolling there, but um, – Georgia ain't in the habit of letting kids like that go elsewhere. Uh, and that's a kudos to Florida State for building the relationship that they have with with uh, with the prospect and the family there. Uh, very impressive. And look, I, I think the path to playing time, not that Cam is picking at the shoe because of that, but I think the path to playing time in Tallahassee is much clearer than the path to playing time in Georgia. I mean, Georgia has signed five-star backs or, or high four-star backs every year over the last three years and multiple in some classes, you know, and yep. you see like the Branson Robinson, like the squatting videos on that go viral over IG. And you're like, all right, they think this guy is Nick Chubb 2.0, mm -hmm. right? Nobody FSU has signed at the running back position out of high school is going to scare Cam Davis a lick. He's going to come in and be like, I'm beating you. Not like not, he's not going to say this verbally, but in his head, he's got to be thinking, <laughs> You don't want this. You don't want this. You don't want this. I'm the starter day one. I don't know if he will be, but like from a pedigree perspective, he's got a different level than, than the guys on this roster who came in from the high school level. I, I do think Benson is, you know, obviously pretty special, but I, I'd be surprised if this is not Benson's last year on campus. Yeah. You know? Um, all right. Important guy to talk about here. Charles Lester, big-time defensive back, has the length, has the top-end speed. I, I think for the, for the coverage that you want to play really makes a lot of sense for you as a program. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. So you are fighting a big-boy battle. Going to need the big-boy pants in, on here, and, and it's just – this will be a tough battle, but I think a really important one for, for FSU to land that top-end corner prospect out of high school, and I, look, I, I think they're in a really nice position for him. Now, is it, are they going to get him tomorrow? I don't know. Like guys like this, typically want to take some more visits. And hell, if I if I was him, I would right just go go see everything and get get all the experiences. But getting him back on campus, furthering that relationship, giving him the chance to to visit with Pat Sertan, that all that stuff really to me matters yeah. a bit. Uh, Got a, a Will Fong crystal ball on him, yeah. Which don't come, um, you know, don't don't come as a an object that's shot from the hip. I'll put it that way. Um, what's what's his hit rate like? Ninety something percent at, <laughs> at volume, which is just insane. He's, I mean, he's really, missing. the the only Will Fong crystal balls I remember are the one that he that don't go right, and that's as great of a compliment to the guy as you can give him because uh, I I think there's like two or three that I can immediately think of, and that's uh, yeah, that's remarkable. So yeah, like. I, I mean, Steve is like like the Adam Schefter uh, or, or 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 Woj of of the recruiting world. It, it, you can tell, man, like it bothers him when he misses, mm -hmm. and that's a good thing. Like that yeah. that's a guy you want to work with who you know cares about being right and cares about about knowing everything he can about everybody. Yeah. Already hit Kai Bates, Brandon Joseph, another uh, safety prospect here. I think a pretty high end safety prospect. So uh, they got him over from Orlando. Another dude they're going to continue to monitor. We already hit Zandamella. 
Uh, now, we talked about the need to get in offensive tackles from out of state. I think these are, are some guys that FSU will continue to recruit, um, Ethan Calloway and uh, Parker Westfall. So two names just to kind of file away. With out-of-state kids, I'm going to want to get them on campus at least a couple times. You're going to want to go visit them. But, again, you got got to find tackles somewhere. Won't, can't really find them in the portal for the most part. And so far, like, still kind of kind of looking. In, in my state, man, I, I don't, you know, Georgia looks a little bit better, but uh, it's it's kind of tough this year. Now, something we do have in the state this year is receiver. We didn't get to talk about this because it was two weekends ago, but uh, Jeremiah Smith showed up on campus. He's a dude. He's a dude, man. That's that's a guy that be uh, quite the barometer. That's a that is a you know you're you're the recruiting expert, not me. All right, so that is a different level prospect. Uh, that's what the non-recruiting expert has to say about about Smith. I'm down there at Battle Seven on Seven, and I'm trying to shoot. Uh, I'm watching all these guys and watch a bunch of games, and like, all right, now I need to get some like clips for for social and whatnot because you know 24 seven sports Instagram's blowing up, and we also need stuff for for the shows that we produce. And uh, I'm like, man, they're not throwing the ball to Jeremiah. This is kind of annoying, right? And so I, I know the the OC on Express like, hey, can you – like I knew what they were trying to do. They're trying to spread the ball around and showcase their other prospects because they realize like they have the dude who's like the next Julio Jones uh, on, on their team and everybody already knows about him. Like, hey, can you throw the ball a little bit to Jeremiah? He's like, yeah, I got you. And he's being covered by a like pretty highly ranked you know, four-star corner who's committed to, to one of your rivals. And he – on four consecutive plays, destroys this guy. Like, non-competitive in a way of, like, if you're playing basketball and you're dominating your your kid. It was like, oh, okay. Because previously, this corner's having a nice tournament and is a good player. And, yeah, non-competitive. Uh, it just... Guys that big shouldn't move that fast, and they shouldn't make all these one-handed catches like that, and then jump like that, and also have the uh, sort of the 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 easy acceleration, almost like a Tesla. Right? Like, damn, that that should not uh, that should not go like it goes. Mm-hmm. Also, got JoJo Trader up. Uh, have a funny story. Actually, actually, can't tell that story on the show, <laughs> but it, it doesn't involve FSU, but it, it involves another head coach who it. it I'll, we're not recording yeah it is yeah. Not, it's nothing bad it's just it 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 yeah it, it it's uh it's funny we got got him up as well um big time receiver target from the state and you also get james madison up who is another guy uh who fsu is in on fairly hard a big body guy there like somebody who, who really could play an x x spot for you you know when we did our recruiting needs show i think from the high school we said um you have to take three. I think you could take four, but I think you really have to take three. You already have two in the boat. I I, I think I think you like like the Abrams kid. Obviously, you like Camden. The last two I think really need to be you know, dudes who you could see going in the first round if they hit. The, the The upside projection has to be really up. So I don't think they're in a rush to fill early with good players, and I think they would take great players now. Uh, basically, this is an obscure question and not great podcasting. But do you follow the account on Twitter, Three Year Letterman? I Coach do. Letterman, yeah, yes. I want to sign the James Madison kid just for that reason, just to just to hear the historical <laughs> references of presidents and Ben Franklin and uh, James Madison, and uh, yeah, that would be remarkable. So, uh, Madison's a STA kid, uh, and not unlike a STA kid of a long, long time ago. Uh, my understanding has a pretty impressive wingspan as far as like any like six, seven with a six, nine wingspan or something, or, or sorry, any like six, three with like a six, seven or six, eight wingspan. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 He, he is, he is, he is pretty long. Um, and then the, the catch radius there is, is nice. Uh, he didn't like dominate at, at, at battle Miami, but like the you know, high school film is nice and he he's coming along. And a lot of times these bigger guys do take a little bit longer to, to get going. All right. Um, 
Corey Duff is another guy to just keep monitoring. He's sort of like a combo receiver tight end. Extremely good player on the seven-on-seven circuit so far. He was probably the best receiver there at Under Armour uh, in, in Orlando. Um, although, I, I mean, honestly, Camden didn't lose a rep, so I really shouldn't say that. Um, anyway, I, I, I liked him quite a bit. LJ McCray. This is another guy I saved for this, this, this segment out, out of Daytona Mainland. One of the better players to come out of there, I think in a while and i i wasn't like underwhelmed because he showed up and like oh my god this guy is huge i mean he he is like the size to where you could see him blowing up into an offensive tackle mm. two years he would need to put on like a lot of weight and I, don't, I don't think that's that's not the goal but i'm saying it Somewhere in sort of like the projection diagram, or okay, most likely this, possibly this, and you're like you're looking at like the little spider graph, right? I mean, there's a world in which he gains 70 pounds and and becomes like a 325 pound offensive tackle. And a lot of these tackles in the NFL draft, by the way, are that they're like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, this guy was a look at the BYU kid. He was a he was a freaking quarterback. He's like, oh, here's 80 pounds. Look at that. That's that's fun to find. Most of us we find 80 pounds. It's not a good thing. But it's not a good thing. you know, he, you, you look at his high school film, like, man, he causes a lot of disruption, but he doesn't have many sacks. I think he had like three sacks. I'm like, what, why? And, and I think I see it. So he's very raw moves wise, does not seem to have a pass rush plan. And the, uh, like the explosion is there at times, but the coordination with it is still a work in progress. And I, I now that I see him physically, and see him move in, in 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 the Under Armour you know gear. I'm like, okay, I, I I get it more. Like, still definitely a high end prospect. Somebody who I do think can probably stay on the edge, but not as like a stand up edge. I mean, he, he'd have to be more of like, like, like a five six type. He's he's not going to be a, a wide nine dude. Um, frame wise, I mean, he's he's like bigger than a Josh Sweat. I've tried to put it in perspective. Like you, you, you guys at home, when you see this kid in person, you will be surprised at how wide he is. Hmm. Uh, but I, I think FSU's in a really good spot there. Uh, Kamarian Franklin, kid out of Mississippi. I mean, it's Mississippi. We'll see on that. But like they do get him on campus a lot, and he does mm-hmm. seem to like the staff a lot. So there's there's always potential there. Big time defensive tackle. Uh, currently the number one rated player in the state of Mississippi on the twenty four seven Sports composite. Linebacker Peyton Pierce, kid out of Texas, being recruited by a lot of schools out there. Hey, you know what? Good job. Getting good linebackers on campus is a step in the right direction, and we we, we like that. Like that's that is different. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know a ton about the Pierce kid. I do go back and look at his film and stuff, and very impressive. But um, yeah, if if you're gonna all of a sudden grab a couple of like high level high school linebackers, which is that the kid is elite. I mean, you're talking about a kid with. Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio State type offers. Um, then yeah, you've your recruiting's about to be really freaking good. If this yeah. is in the spider graph that you just referenced there, which is something I'm familiar with, the soccer, like you know, this staff can grab this position, a couple of these positions. If this staff can start grabbing high level high school offensive linemen, then um, then we can start to be real optimistic. No doubt. Uh, Zay Mency, kid, just I'll, I'll mention, uh, tested defense back, uh, tested pretty well, measured well at, at Orlando. I, I think that's somebody they'll keep monitoring. All right, rapid-fire mode here. Uh, Kevin Levy, Kevin Levy is a guy that just got a crystal ball. He, he's a dude out, out of Newman uh, down there in South Florida. Uh, he got a crystal ball to the Gators. I think that's a guy who's just important for FSU to get eyes on and, and see and just check out the body type. Not somebody I think they're pushing for. Uh, at, at the moment, Jabir Grimsley is a inter- really interesting two-way kid out of Tampa who might end up being a pretty damn good defensive back, actually. I, I, I watched his DB stuff. I, I think there's I think there's something there. I, I wish he, he was at uh, Orlando so I could see him work out in person. Um, two dudes who I don't think you really have much of a shot at, uh, but maybe you recruit him for transfer purposes. Cam Coleman, he's out of Phoenix City. Look, mm-hmm. Auburn receiver room right now is terrible. Auburn usually recruits the hell out of Phoenix City. Auburn has Hugh Freeze right now. If I had to put a crystal ball in, I'm dropping it on Auburn. Personally. Like, if you pull that kid, I, I, I'd i be like, uh. 
So, and if, if you're listening to this on audio, that, that's me, just like mouth agape. Uh, and then, then Travis Banks uh, out of Tuscaloosa, defensive back. Not necessarily an Alabama lock, but we'll, we'll see on that one. Um, and then a couple keep warm names. B.J. Gibson's an athlete that I think they'll continue to kind of uh, keep warm. Mean is like there's some interest level there. If the kid wanted to commit today, I don't know how it'd go down. Let's continue to monitor, see how he develops throughout his uh, the rest of summer in his senior season. Maybe you get him in for, for an FSU camp. So B.J. Gibson, uh, Elias Williams out of Hudson. I actually did get to see him in Orlando. Uh, extremely raw, like a guy that needs quite a bit of work. But there's, there's some athleticism and, and some frame there. Uh, Sam Robinson, local kid out of Lincoln. I like the length. I, I, I like the hustle and the attitude he plays with. He covered a little bit better uh, in seven on than I thought he would. There is some hip stiffness there. So just something to continue to monitor depending on how linebacker recruiting goes. Artavis Jones at Bluntstown uh, is a guy who uh, I don't know that the like. Anyway, I think that's a guy I'll just continue to monitor and, and see uh, like how he does on the field and in the classroom. And then uh, then Ty Hilton, kid pretty local to me, uh, listed offensive tackle. I think he's probably more of a guard, but very athletic kid. Uh, and so we'll just see how they want to monitor that. And I need Ingram to talk for a second because now I have to sip some coffee. <laughs> yes. Blessing and a curse to have a national recruiting analyst as your co-host who's uh, as fluent on the subject matter as anybody. Uh, always want to thank our friends at Congruity, Congruity HR. Uh, .com is the website, working with Matt Lewis on a current project right now. Um, have an announcement to make that we will do at the first of the next show. That's twice that I've said that now. My bad. Uh, as far as a new customer with uh, Congruity and something that we're always proud to see and proud to deliver results uh, for our sponsors. So uh, <clears throat> for Matt, conversation I'm having right now, payroll, 401k benefits. Um, that may be the conversation that you want to have with him. It may be about... Uh, HR support, maybe about anything that allows your business to uh, run as an optimized fashion as possible. Uh, reach out to me if you'd like for a third-party introduction or just go to congruityhr.com. So thanks again to Matt Lewis and the team for the support that they give the Nolcast. Did you know there are studies that show that the preseason AP poll is more predictive of results in the tournament than some full-season metrics? I have never heard that before. No. I wonder if that's – well, I just – I saw this Ken Pomeroy tweet, and he said uh, – Ken Pomeroy is like, like the Bill Connolly of, of hoops for yeah. college, you know, college hoops. And he said, uh, in the 64-team era, there have been 36 teams who entered the tournament as a one or two seed that weren't ranked in the preseason AP poll. They have combined for zero final fours, averaging averaging fewer than two wins per tournament. I was like, to me, that probably suggests that you – like. One thing that's easily identifiable in the preseason is who has real top end talent. Right. Yeah. And uh, to me, that sounds like a school that went 32 and one and isn't very good. Uh, you know, it, like yeah. uh, maybe Gonzaga before they really got established as, as being Gonzaga. I don't know. Something like that. That's kind of, kind of what that sounds like, but exactly. All right. Um, <clears throat> that was a lot of positive recruiting news. Some negative news. Micah Pittman announced on his uh, YouTube page that he was uh, having labrum surgery in his hip, I believe it was, and uh, and you know, like may what missed? How did he say? It? May miss the season or, or like the, may miss the opener? I yeah. I don't know, but like clearly he's going to be out for a good long while. He's not going to be around in spring. I, I don't think you'll see him much in the summer. I, this kind of hurts, man. I mean, like. I don't think Pittman's a stud, but I think he's sort of in that good college player category that does a lot of the small things that help, helps you win. Does a lot of the small things that helps you win, 100%, and has a has an attitude in doing some of the small things that helps you win that really helps you win. Um, yeah, that, that's unfortunate, man. I mean, I, I think uh, I'll be – I'm really – my mind immediately went to punt returner. Uh, you know, we, we've been so scarred really since 2014. Really since you and I were complaining about Tavares McFadden playing air traffic control back there. Oh, I mean, gosh. punt returner has been a disaster for eight years. I mean, that's not hyperbole. It was an eight-year strike. We had our own lost decade for punt returning. Um, and last year was 
decent. You know, he caught the ball, which was a lovely uptick from uh, many performances uh, that we had seen in years past. Uh, so I don't, I'm not minimizing Micah, the wide receiver. He's just not necessarily like a special wide receiver, but he he is a, a plus level punt returner uh, and he is solid in doing that. Uh, he also, and this doesn't have anything to do with production. I was at a um, NLI conference uh, two weeks ago, last week. It was during the combine, whenever that was uh, in Indianapolis. And this guy who doesn't have anything to do with Florida state standing up, talking to the whole uh, room and legitimately said, Micah Pittman's probably the best guy in the country when it comes to NIL outside of his direct deal with his team. I mean, the guy is remarkably talented uh, via social. And you mentioned that he mentioned on his YouTube page. Uh, I don't think he'll, you know, I don't think his career will suffer a whole lot from that, but uh, just a guy who, who, who I admire in that he does so much, with such a full heart and passion, you know, like he plays with an amazing level of passion. This may sound really dumb to y'all, but I promise you, like you can't be a cross-platform successful person. He, he does Twitch, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, Micah just brings a lot of lot of energy and passion to everything that he does. So from that perspective, bringing it back to football, I expect him to probably be one of these guys that returns slightly earlier than expected. Uh, just because of the amount of work and, and focus that he'll put into rehab. Um, but it does sound like probably, you know, 50, 50 uh, flip of the coin that it may not be until, you know, maybe game three or four that you start to see Micah Pittman really worked back into the rotation. And look again, it's March 15th. So we could be talking in June that we're starting to hear really positive things and and maybe he's back for the LSU game. It's, it's, it's early, but uh, it is, that was a, a unfortunate thing to see. So I think there's some interesting replacement options, and, and I agree with you. Like the, the guy's entertaining, so like that's yep. that's encouraging. And and you know, is he a dude who's going to play in the NFL? I don't say never, but I the the, the athletic profile doesn't suggest yes. Mm-hmm. So if, if he needs to get a career in like sports media afterwards, I, I think he you know would be well on his way to do so. Uh, all right, look, Winston Wright being back is potentially really important now. And yeah. you know, that, that's a guy who's, who's lear- learning to trust the leg again, you know, is is back there running hard. I thought he was going to be your best receiver before the car crash yep. last year. I mean, based on what we saw out of him at West Virginia and based on, you know, honestly, like how disappointing Johnny Wilson was at Arizona State. Now, Johnny Wilson ends up putting a ton of work, actually learns how to catch the ball, which is very nice. And the releases also got a lot better and he became your best receiver. With Pittman, I think there are certain elements of what he does that you can replace with the Winston Wright, with Darian Williamson, with Ja'Kai Douglas some. I do think there are some questions, though. Like, one of the things I, I think that Pittman does pretty well is I think he's a smart player. And like him finding space in the underneath zones and understanding where to sit and, 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 and when, when to keep drifting, when, when to stop, that that's a that's a different skill. It's not really a physical skill. It's mm-hmm. more of a, a spatial feeling skill, and I that's something I'll be interested to see if Wright does as well as him. Right? Um, I mean, Williamson. I, I think we both agree is is on is on a bit of a star track. And look, maybe maybe you go portal here as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 already lost uh, you already lost Malik. There are some guys out there who are not great athletes but neither is Pittman who have a pretty good feel for catching the football and have been productive like I don't think it's the worst idea to add a really proven underneath you know slot slot guy yeah I mean if you have the roster spot I don't know maybe you do maybe you don't Um, but yeah like that that's a that's a bit of a hit I guess um I don't know, man. Like, it, I, I, I hope, I hope we can get back soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll monitor, it, continue to bring you updates as they're available. Uh, I don't think we'll hear anything until end of June at best, um, and we'll just go from there. You know, it's a guy that, like I said, put everything into uh, rehab, personal tr- or you know, physical therapy, PT, brain process, the wrong one, um, and uh, we'll see what happens. I, I think uh, I have a lot of faith that that Michael do everything that he can and uh, will be ready and uh, 
we'll just have to see what the timetable looks like. The Winston Wright thing, man, there were two players at, at practice I really wanted to go look and see, and I didn't get to do at, at either of the practices that I was at, and that was frustrating. Winston Wright was at the uh, Winston Wright was one of those two players. Um, I would love to. Uh, and look, I've seen some video and stuff, and it certainly looks like he has uh, he's made significant progress. Um, just something like that that you want to see with your own eyes. No. For sure. Um, I will say, like, the feeling on him like last year within the building was very mixed. And I think that they are now more believing that he can be a, a helpful player this year uh, for them, like consensus. So that, to me, is is encouraging. I also think that this is a really important thing uh, where you, know, you have Jaheim Bell and you have Kyle Morlock and you have Biscuit who continues to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Easton yep. Douglas who continues to work hard. You know, if you need to base out of, of bigger personnel at times. That's then, crazy. It's crazy that that's where we've gone so quickly. Uh, no, credit to the transformation of the tight end room. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, like that's, that's potentially really important now. Um, and and Bell being a guy who I think can play some sort of detached slot for you at times and 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 be a weapon. Uh, you know, you and I had worried on the show like, can you keep this guy happy with how many touches he's going to get? What what's the attitude going to be when he has a game where he has one or two catches and, and four targets? Right? I I don't know. Uh, obviously, that was an issue at times at South Carolina. So I think. Pittman being out for however long he's out probably a lot, like probably gets more touches funneled to to Bell as well, uh, most likely. Yeah, that's a good point, and not something that I had immediately connected. Uh, one thing that uh, we all need to connect when we're in Tallahassee is a chance to go to uh, the greatest rooftop bar that there ever was, uh, Charlie Park. So charliepark.com is the website. Uh, just can't speak enough to what Matt Thompson and his whole team do as far as the enhancement of the experience of being a Florida State athletic supporter. Uh, township is uh, is remarkable and very popular with the young folks, it would appear, uh, based off my uh, most recent walk-bys of there. Madison Social is Madison Social and uh, and is everything that you know to be. And Charlie Park, fantastic rooftop bar over there by the AC Hotel over at Cascades Park. Uh, just an awesome place. Great great uh, liquor selection. Have some real specialty scotches and bourbons, if that's your thing. Uh, just remarkable place that we would encourage you uh, to give a try. If you're there during football season or there over the spring weekend, uh, spring game weekend, I would highly, highly encourage reservations. No, that's uh, that's my point. No doubt about it. Also, uh, the Tallahassee wine mixer uh, that we need to uh, to discuss is on March 25th. Uh, you can still get tickets there, and we'll drop that link in the show notes on March 25th. That'll be, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but uh, certainly something that, that Matt Thompson is excited about there. Um, all right. My transfer class rankings. Uh, this stirred up a little bit of uh, excitement <laughs> on Twitter. FSU. Uh, yeah, I received a few text messages about this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I have them rated. I, I have FSU rated higher than, uh, than my employer does not in terms of like on a player for player basis. I, I have some quibbles with, with, with the uh, with the transfer portal like rankings that twenty four seven puts out, but honestly, like I'll, I'll tell you guys, like when I do my my betting process, I, I use a, a blending. I'm not going to give you what what the weightings are. Uh, I, I do have twenty four seven rated highest, which is no surprise. Uh, in my in my recruiting ranking stuff, I don't look at anybody else's stuff on the transfer portal. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think that anybody has the level of resources going into this that uh that 24 7 does so here's the thing my only real like disagreement with with them is one like i'm higher on daryl jackson than than 24 7 is so okay yeah like you're probably going to be proven right on that um um and then number two is i uh i think like i sort of do a I value the top end of the class more, right? So, you know, I like the 24 7 has it Colorado, LSU, FSU, Auburn, USC, Ole Miss, UCLA, Oklahoma, Oregon, SMU, Indiana, Miami, Arizona State, Oklahoma State. What I have found in the, the numbers that I use is a de weighting of mm-hmm. guys yep. like 
8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and especially like 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Like, right. No. So, like, I have Colorado 10th, whereas Colorado is rated first on 24 7 sports because I, I'm not, I, my numbers don't suggest that you actually have like 18 usable players for a good team. Now, Colorado mm-hmm. and Arizona State, in taking as many players as they did, probably, it probably makes sense to do what they did because their rosters were so damn bad. Mm-hmm. But like FSU and LSU, who I have is like very I mean, kind of coin flippy at the top there. Yeah. And even like the everybody else on this list would say no thanks to the vast majority of the kids that, that they took. So anyway, yeah, I'm moving FSU up a spot uh, over what where 24 7 Sports has then. <laughs> so you had LSU number one, correct? Yeah, I had LSU, FSU, Auburn, USC. So I'm, I'm flip flopped. Uh, I, I think 24-7 is Auburn four, and I, I have them three. I like UCLA's class quite a bit, actually. Uh, Miami six, Ole Miss, and Michigan tie, like literally tied for me down, down to a decimal point. Uh, so they're, they're both there, tied at seven, eight. And then Oregon and then Colorado. Who are the three biggest pieces in LSU's uh, incoming class? Let me see. Who do I have there? I'm just curious. I mean, obviously, they the Denver Harris kid is uh... – yeah, D- Denver Harris for them was really big. Uh, I like the Spates kid at Oregon State. I thought he was very productive. Um, I'm pretty high on on this FCS DB they got. Uh, um, sorry, uh, almost someone said not Ray Darius Jones. Like the the kid that like the early practice reports on him are really, really pretty good. I think Jordan Jefferson is a is a nice player for them. Is from... that the Alexander kid, Zai Alexander? Is it yeah, the... excuse me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, why don't I call him Radarius Jones? I, I don't think I don't, I don't got a, uh, Yeah, Radarius Jones left there to go to Miss State. Uh, I I think Aaron Anderson actually can play. I mean, just from seeing his physical ability, I I, I like that. Did, getting Denver Harris for for two years is is pretty big. I mean, I, I think he's maybe the best corner in the portal. Uh, although I think you can make a, a pretty nice argument for Fentrell. Like to me, if you were to tier it right. Tier one would be FSU, LSU, or LSU, FSU, whatever mm-hmm. really order you want to. I, I, if you want to say FSU is number one class, I don't disagree. I actually – I put a video out of, about that about like six weeks ago saying FSU was number one class, and then LSU added a couple more pieces I really liked. Um, so then I, I just you know flipped them. And then like Auburn USC is probably tier two, and then the, like the next tier probably stops just above Oregon, I would say, for me. Um, and then you know tier four – is like Oregon, Colorado, SMU, some some schools like that. Interesting. Yeah, I like. Uh, I'm far from unbiased, but like the top end of Florida State's class a little bit more. But that is by no means a uh, scientific review, and uh, probably jaded a little bit because I know that the Cypress kid was uh, came down between. To my understanding, it came down between Florida State and LSU. So, uh, I, I I don't think there's anybody on this transfer class that they flat out missed on. Mm-hmm. I think the hit rate is going to be yeah. really high. Positive you know? response so far. It doesn't mean they all start. Like just mathematically, they can't all start. I mean, <laughs> you know. no, no, they can't. But uh, doesn't mean that if they're not starters, they're not going to be. You know, like the Edmonds kid probably ain't going to start. Doesn't mean that that's not a good good play and that he doesn't develop into a significant, you know, difference maker, maybe too strong of a word, but he'd be a very significant presence next year. Um, so I like the value of him being a two year guy too, most likely. Uh, we're an hour and four minutes into it. So I won't take yeah. a whole lot about this, but um, dog, nothing's guaranteed. And you brought in two defensive tackles that are legitimate. Um, I would, I'm not saying Fabian love. It's not going to start, but I, I, and, if I'm a defensive tackle, uh, you got to do everything to get on the field of Florida State right now. That is a absurdly loaded room uh, all of a sudden, and uh, it's good. Nobody, not a whole lot of resting laurels in that room. I'll put it on that. And and if you do, uh, you may get passed, uh, or you may may not be that you get passed. You may may just be that we never hear from you uh, if you're not, you know, somebody that has a chance to get passed. So. Uh, very, very interesting room and really quite remarkable what Florida State did in the portal uh, along the entirety of the defensive line. 
that's that's big time, man. Although I'm hearing from Florida fans that it's really important that uh, that FSU add a 440 pound defensive tackle. Like, oh yeah, is that what you got to have? To, that, that's that's the next step. The yeah. uh, criteria for competitiveness. Like is, they kind of uh, hacked it. Like that's basically you can play 12 guys on the field and 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 not get flagged, right? My uh, my old there was a legendary high school coach at the high school that I was at. He had coached for like 56 years or something, and he retired right before I think I was a sophomore. But he, you know, he'd be smoking cigs and possibly drinking at times during the day. And he'd be like, boy, come here. What's the best goal line defense? And I'd be like, well, you know, you want a lot. He'd be like getting 12 on the field. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is, that is when you could, when it's worth trying to squeeze the extra guy out there and maybe you can get away with it. Uh-huh. That's kind of like, um, you probably can't, you definitely can't do this in the pros. And, and I would say at most levels of college baseball, you can't, but like occasionally, you know, high school baseball or, or youth baseball, um, you only have one umpire, right? You, mm-hmm. you don't have a guy in the field. So on balls hit certain parts, you know, like the ump is looking to see fair or foul, right? Like there, there may be a play coming at second. You can cut the hell out of third base. I mean, mm-hmm. like you can't, you can't mm-hmm. run a straight line from second to home, but you can run like a – Right, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I I did this in softball the other night. I was like, I, I'm not fast. I knew like, you. I, I, knew I, that's I can't. Where we were. <laughs> I can't believe this guy is sending me home. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just all right. Like, I, I'm just gonna cut the hell out of this. So yeah. I, I mean, I I probably missed third base by I don't know ten feet. It's just <laughs> just a good good banana route there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Um. I got to get downstairs and uh, we'll probably do this. What again? Wednesday, next Wednesday. Um, Yeah, let's do it. Uh, next Wednesday would be good. Cause that'd be the 22nd. We do want to give people another reminder as to the Tallahassee wine mixer. And I want to confirm, I believe tarpon sellers will be there as well. So uh, we'll, we'll get something out in the next five, six days or so. Uh, great to be able to catch up with you, my man. And uh Here's some more positive Nolcast. It's been a whole lot of fun. Yeah, man. We're, we're just we're all about positivity. We're here. all about positivity. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Don't come at me. Uh, so, <laughs> all right, brother. Good talking all to you, man. man. I'll see you, buddy.